listening to Hear the Turtle. Your hosts are Taylor Slife and Keith Snedden. It's Wednesday, October 25th, 2017, and Keith, it's our 10th show. How do we get this far? I don't know if you can hear us, but that's us patting ourselves on the back. We, we, don't, we, don't, back. we, we never do that on the show, do we, Taylor? We're always pretty straightforward and humble we, guys. Yeah, other right? than the fact that we continually tell the truth about different things that happen well, that's, to the people. That's a part of that. More importantly, it's homecoming. It is like. homecoming. It is homecoming. Terp's going to take on Indiana here in College Park at Maryland Stadium, 3.30 on Saturday on the BTN. On BTN, and hopefully if you're local or you're an alum, you come back to the game because homecoming is always a great time. Everybody's back out there tailgating. I know I have some friends coming down to tailgate. I know you have some friends coming down. It's an excuse. It's an excuse to get out, reconnect with your old classmates, and watch some college football. And what's a a big, big game for the Terps after a loss to Wisconsin, 38-13 on Saturday. A really, really big game for the Terps against Indiana as they try to strive for bowl eligibility. To just take a quick look back at that game against Wisconsin, Terps had some opportunities on the road at Camp Randall. Couldn't capitalize. Wisconsin just ended up bearing them down. That Jonathan Taylor, we talked about him. He was as advertised. Fantastic. And the Terps now have to bounce back coming back home in front of a home crowd and try to get a win against Indiana, who has not won in the Big Ten this year, but has stayed close in a lot of their games. Had Michigan on the ropes, played well against Michigan State last week. So a big, big game for the Terps this weekend. Yeah, looking back at that Wisconsin game, uh, you know, was in a pretty good position there in that second quarter. Maryland still fighting. You got that turnover right there, right near the goal line. Just weren't able to convert weren't able to punch it in uh to, to go up and, and, and take a lead in that game but still some promising signs ty johnson lorenzo harrison they combined for 147 yards on the ground um you know saw some good things out of out of max Bortenschlager. saw some good things out of dj moore who's now i believe at 28 straight games consecutive games with a catch he's getting close to tory smith's uh, all-time career mark of 30 he is definitely getting there and once again the the issues for the turps was on third down i think on both sides of the ball could not get off the field in some key third downs against the Wisconsin offense uh, and Max wasn't able to convert on some pass plays to get first downs but the running game got back on track against a tough Wisconsin defense so that's something the Terps need to continue on against Indiana and we can't forget this weekend new uniforms we talked about it on our first show we did talk about it on our first show and didn't think we'd probably get to 10 shows but here we are talking about it again yeah you, you got another round of jersey discussion with us and hey listen it's not going to be the pittsburgh steelers out there it is maryland it is some of the uh original uniforms you saw back in the 1940s yeah that we the, say raise high the black and gold they will be black and gold boom baby so it'll be nice to see a, a new look out there and uh Hopefully a high-scoring game. We'll, we'll see this. This was a high-scoring game last year uh, when the Maryland traveled to Bloomington, thirty-six to forty-two in Indiana's fla- uh, favor in, in that game. But yeah, Indiana three and four on the season. They're looking for their first win in the Big Ten uh, this year. So this is probably. Uh, Going to be a, a very focused, very up to play uh, Indiana team. You know, just listening to the, the press conference today from from Tom Allen. Obviously, again, very complimentary of of Maryland's team, Maryland's backs and receivers. Some of the best in terms of ball skills and speed that he's seen this year. Um, you know, just looking at the tape and, and had some very good things to say about Max Bortenschlager, a guy he thinks has gotten better every single week uh, he's played as the starter. So um, it's going to be a challenge. You know, there's a, there's no doubt about it for, for Maryland this Saturday. Tom Allen, in his first year as the head coach at Indiana, not overall at Indiana, was the defensive coordinator and then uh, last year, and then Kevin Wilson resigned. He's now the offensive coordinator of Ohio State, so he stayed in the conference. 
But Tom Allen, a defensive guy, but as you said, that offense for Indiana has been pretty solid. And that was a great game last year between the Terps and the Hoosiers in Bloomington. DJ Moore had a very, very good game. Remember his circus catch in the end zone. Um, really nice play, and, and we've seen all of that this year from DJ. So it'll be a really interesting game, a, a, a game both teams, I think, probably have circled on the calendar. As you know, you have that sort of tier right now below um, Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State and, and Indiana and Maryland know that in terms of what they need to do, beating each other year after year is something they have to do. So Maryland will look to strive to, to get that victory this weekend, and it should be an interesting one. It's it, Max Bortenschlager has to be improved on those big third-down plays, I think, is the real key to the game. If Maryland can get, And they have to get that running game going. Um, we'll see if they can. I think another bright spot from Wisconsin was Tavon Jacobs getting into the end zone. Maybe he can take the top off the defense this weekend, take a little bit of pressure off of DJ Moore, and the Terps can get their offensive weapons flowing. And then obviously um, that the, the Maryland defense needs to be strong against Indiana. Um, they struggled a little bit against Wisconsin in spots, but also made some plays, forcing the fumble to get, set up the Maryland offense inside the five um, early on in that game. And then Josh Woods also made an interception. Saw some good things out of the jungle. Some good some things. Some good things out of the jungle. Maryland's defense, and we talked to Josh Woods later in the show. We'll get to that, but he talked about the defense. I thought it was interesting talking about it as a puzzle and all the different things need to come together. And I think that's something you see that sometimes happens for Maryland, but other times doesn't. Sometimes the secondary will be playing well and the pass rush doesn't get to the quarterback. Sometimes that pass rush is good, but once running running back gets to the second level, the linebackers can't make the play. So that puzzle's got to come back together for Maryland this weekend against Indiana. Uh, right you are, Taylor, but it's tournament season here in it the It is. Time. It's the postseason. The fall sports are, are coming together, and how about the field hockey program? They're going to get things started Rattle on off Sunday. Rattle stats, Keith. Rattle off some field <laughs> hockey stats for me. I well, need it. They're going to get things started this Sunday against Michigan State. Um, but like you said, they've won six straight games, six in a row to end the regular season. They climbed to the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Didn't look like that early on in, in the end of September in early no, we October. we were talking about them struggling, quite frankly. They, 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 they might not have, have hosted a game, but now yep. they're the number two seed. couple of wins over Virginia and Rutgers last week. How about this? 24 goals in their last six games, which have all been wins. Four of those wins over ranked opponents. 26 goals in the 11 games prior to that, and that includes that 8 nothing win over Towson, that crazy game when they had over, over 50 shots. Um, so I, I just think it goes to show you how much better they're playing as of late, getting the offense running, and uh, you know this will be another chance for them. You'll come here at home against Michigan State, a team they beat 4-1 to one when the teams met in East Lansing earlier this year. So uh, a repeat performance for them will get them into the semis. Um, I know we said we don't pat each other on the back or pat ourselves on the back. Is this another case they hear the turtle bump? I said don't let them get hot last week. They didn't listen. We had Katie Bam on. They, we, that's right. They we did not have, lost since. They, that's right. Uh, and it, it's great to see. It's great to see that that program rise to the level that everyone in this building knows they're capable of. But especially you know Missy Mahargan and her crew. Yep, absolutely. And they can sort of enact some revenge on Michigan if they can get to them in the Big Ten tournament, try to take on their conference crown. As Maryland, we have so this sort of mythical race against Michigan and Ohio State for most conference titles since we joined the conference. And field hockey is normally one that has the ability to win the regular season and the tournament. They only have the ability to win the tournament now as Michigan clinched the regular season. Ohio State just clinched the women's soccer regular season, so we've got a final title somewhere. Well, so hopefully field hockey can get it done. Men's soccer is still in the running as well, Taylor. Men's soccer is still in the running and has struggled this week with two losses. one one nothing to Georgetown on a late goal to number 13 Hoyas. And then a disappointing loss to Coastal Carolina on Friday where the Terps just never really got out of first gear throughout the contest, sort of just were moseying on through, and, and Coastal Carolina scored on a bicycle kick late in the first half. I have to admit, a, a pretty solid goal. A very, very nice goal. Pretty and nice Coastal goal. Coastal Carolina really came out and played inspired in front of a, you know, a crowd of over 4,000 at Ludwig Field, and 
the, but those the the positive sign for Maryland, and if you're head coach Sasserofsky and those players, you didn't lose a conference game. So right now the situation is that all of the three teams at the top of the conference, Indiana, Michigan State, and Maryland, are all five zero and two. Michigan is five one, five two and one. So Michigan has, if I'm doing my math correctly, has 16 points. The other three teams have 17 points, and they all play each other this weekend. Maryland plays Michigan Sunday at 4 p.m. on BTN. Indiana and Michigan State play at 3 p.m. right before that. So Maryland has the ability to either clinch a share of the conference title, has the ability to win the conference title outright, depending on those results. But if you're a Maryland fan, you still have that Big Ten title um, in the grasp. So that's that's a really good thing. But Maryland has to get you know the quality of play back. The offense has really stalled lately. We thought it had turned a quarter against Wisconsin in that game. It has sort of gone back the other way, so they have to really improve. The defenses continue to be good, but um, it'll be interesting to see what they do against VCU tonight. Unfortunately, you know, we keep having these Tuesday games that we can't talk about, but Maryland has the opportunity against a good uh, VCU team to get back on track and sort of get some momentum going into the Michigan game. Yeah, Taylor, I have a confession to make. Yes, Keith. I was at a wedding on Friday, and I, the game was going on, You know, the, the, the Maryland-Coastal Carolina game. I might have had the stream pulled up during the dinner. I'll tell you what, you're dedicated. Dedicated yeah, to the dedicated. So people were giving me some looks, and uh, my sister wasn't too happy with me. But you know what? That's okay. Playing, she'll come back around. She'll, yeah, she'll come back around, right? Yeah. And no you were dedicated deal. to Maryland soccer. <laughs> but, and, and hopefully they can give you some, some you know, reward you for that dedication uh, today and on Sunday. Looking forward to it. But, but – the, the women's soccer team is uh, getting ready to wind things down. We for were both season. so excited to talk about women's soccer. We're just talking <laughs> over each other. <laughs> I beat you to the punch, man. But uh, a game that you watched on uh, Saturday of yep. last week during Maryland Madness, women's soccer was still in action. Yep. And a 0-0 tie, but an exciting tie. You said. Yeah, it was really, really exciting. And, and the best crowd at Ludwig Field all year and an emotional night on senior night honoring Maryland's six seniors. And they played a very entertaining. I know it's hard for a lot of non-soccer people to think a 0-0 game can be entertaining, but it was up and down chances, crossbars hit, posts hit by both teams, and, and a really exciting atmosphere with a lot of young kids in the audience, a lot of soccer, youth soccer teams, so they were really into the game, and it was it was fun and a, and a good result for Maryland in terms of they really played with effort for, you know, all 110 minutes and and, and played as a group and, and really dominated Michigan State for the final 25 minutes of the second half and were unlucky probably not to get a goal, um, but really sort of puts the cap on a season where, you know, they improve now, you know, 7-7 seven, seven and and three, a um, chance to be over five hundred. Chance to be over five hundred after three fifteen and one last season. I think Ray Leon told his group after that team that they needed to play this Purdue game like it was the World Cup final, and for them it is to try to get over five hundred. It's just more signs of progress, um, and and he you know he's talked about sort of making the Big Ten tournament as that next step. It didn't all come together this year. Injuries and all of those different things didn't allow that to happen. They really dealt with a, a lot on the injury front this exactly. season. Exactly. I think if you're a Maryland fan, though, I think you could be excited about where that program is going. It is going to be inc- very incremental. They really started back from scratch. But I think overall, my biggest takeaway from the season is somebody that watched pretty much all of their games is that the, the quality of play is improving and, and, and the culture of that program is a lot better than it was, I think, a few years ago. And that's, that's good for Maryland fans um, to see c- going forward. So... Ray Leone and that staff has the, the the thing going in the right direction. I think those players will, will come out and, and do even better next season. Last but not least, volleyball in action last week. A couple of a 3-0 uh, setbacks to a couple of ranked teams. Wisconsin number 9, Michigan State number 10. And uh, we'll get to the tweets of the week in our, in our after our interviews. But uh, that was a great line from Coach Jared, who, who's as focused as ever and as confident as ever in his team, that despite you know playing ranked team after ranked team in, in big-time matchup after big-time matchup, they're moving forward, and he thinks he's got them going in the right direction. Yeah, he does. And it's always going to be tough in the Big Ten 
again where week after week after week you're playing teams that could potentially you know be holding up the national title trophy um, come the end of the year. But that's how you get better is playing great teams, and I think Coach Ed realizes that. Those players realize that, and they'll just have to continue to improve going forward. But it's it's never going to be easy in that conference, as I said. I, it, it's tough, and it's funny. We watch a lot of these matches, and you know we watched Wisconsin this week, and they had this girl that was 6'8", that was about as, you know, and coordinated as it gets. You're just like... The, the basketball coach over there might be trying to, to, to get know, some minutes out of her. Well, there's just so much talent. It just There's no drop-off. So they're going to have to continue to improve, but, you know, it looks like they have the right philosophy. They'll be the precursor to uh, Saturday's homecoming. They'll take on Indiana on Friday night at 7 p.m. Exactly right. Women's soccer finishes off their season Wednesday against Purdue, and then, as I said, men's soccer on Sunday. So all of those things surrounding the big event, which is homecoming. And then, last but not least, we had Maryland Madness as the... Uh, the uh, basketball teams got their season unofficially started. Um, what were your big takeaways from that? So, scrimmages. Got to love a good scrimmage. You, you know, it's uh, it's just great thing for the fans to come in, get your autographs, get the new posters, all that good stuff, meet with the players, get your photos. It, it's, you know, it's it's never a, a bad thing when you see that going on and you see, you know, young people interacting with members of the team. And we had uh, Maryland Women's Basketball Media Day here today we did. as well so basketball's know. coming basketball it, 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 is coming it is right around the quarter yep. the, the men's team will uh, will have their their media day for for the local media next tuesday on halloween on halloween and we'll tape our halloween episode of here the turtle are you yeah. gonna you gonna dress up for this one i might have to i might okay. have to i think it's gonna be very very spooky i think we're just gonna <laughs> you know really bring it but with that said we'll get to our interviews this week and we had two very very fun ones i, I think we had two of our better ones this week in terms of two energetic guys and we started out with Gravis Vasquez last week the the general the shimmy the guy is just electric he, he loves Maryland I mean his passion for Maryland is unmatched you know we saw him at this uh this event for the fast breakers yep. over at the the newly uh constructed hotel here in, in College Park we might have to have an entire episode of how nice the hotel is yeah it, I, this is some free advertising yeah, for free them advertising but for the hotel. if you're here for a game you're here for homecoming just go walk in there and check it out it, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. fantastic but he gives his speech for for an hour and a half you know talking talking to the group and then you know we're right there and say hey we jump on the podcast for us for uh for, for 10 minutes and you know the guy couldn't be more gracious and you know two nobodies you know asking him for for some of his time and, and that's just what he is he's just he's a maryland guy loves it through and through and we talked to him about you know different stories with gary williams you know his potential pro comeback he really wants to get back and play in the nba it was a fun interview Our other one is with maryland safety josh woods who's emerged as one of maryland's most improved player this year a local product out of baltimore and we had a lot of fun with him we talked about his favorite food spot in college park which i don't think people will will see coming so definitely stay for that, uh, about his tattoos, about who's the best dancer on the team, about the jungle. Um, really fun interview with Josh. So let's get to those two interviews. We're back here on Here the Turtle, and it's an honor to have the legend himself, Gravis Vasquez. Gravis, thanks for coming on the show, man. No, thank you for having me here. Now, first of all, I have to say, you just talked to a bunch of donors, the Fast Breakers tonight, and you told a story about how the shimmy was inspired by a player you watched in Venezuela who also inspired your number 21. Tell us a little bit of that story. How did you get the shimmy? That's what you're known for, well, other than the good play. This guy named Diego Guevara used to play for UNC Charlotte, and every time he scored three... He used to send kisses to his wife. He was the only <laughs> college player in ba basketball that was married at that time. So I used to watch him uh, from back home. Uh, he used to wear number 21, so I was trying to keep the history of the number. And then now we took 21 somewhere else. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger now. So uh, it was unbelievable. I always wanted to play college basketball. And watching him really inspired me uh, 
because at the time I had an offer to go to Europe instead of just coming to the state to go to high school. So that's when everything started. You said, you know, when you when you got to the States, it was tough at first. It was tough trying to learn English, you know, being in classes, not being able to understand everything. What did that struggle do for you as you in your basketball career? You said it sort of fueled you that kind of struggle. Yeah, it fueled me. Um, I mean, it, it, it was my gas. It was my motivation. It actually, I, I never take anything personal. So a lot of people used to make fun of me because I couldn't speak the language. Um, a lot of people thought that I wasn't going to be good good enough to play in Montrose. I wasn't going to be good enough to play in Maryland because I wasn't this most athletic guy or this, you know, super athletic. Uh, athleticism type of guy but so but I always believe in myself I you know my life is uh, hasn't been easy it's uh, it's always proving people wrong so that's what I do for a living I'll, and that's what I get paid for you know what I mean getting to the NBA if I tell you the whole story you know you won't believe it if you actually you know you heard me talk you heard me talking to the fast breakers and I and I'm still still hard because I'm going through a tough time and I want to get back to the NBA. But never, never in my life, nothing in my life has been easy. So to me, I love what I'm at. I'm really thankful. I believe in God. I know God, you know, God's time is the best time in the world. So I feel the best is yet to come. Grievous, you told an interesting story. You didn't take any college visits. You watched the game. Maryland was playing. You saw Gary Williams. Walk us through that story of how you ultimately decided to commit to Maryland. Well, you know, I... I the best thing that happened the best thing that happened to me was that I didn't know anything about the culture of Maryland. I didn't know anything about Gary. I didn't know I didn't know much about college basketball but my guy Diego. You know, that's the reason I wear number twenty one. So one day when I was in Montreal, we used to stay at the house next door next to the school and I'm doing homework and I'm watching Duke against Maryland. Um, and I'm watching the game, it was in College Park, it was the Comcast Infinity Center. At the time it was Comcast center so I'm like I'm watching the game while I'm doing my homework and I go like man I want to play for Gary I want to <laughs> play for that man I didn't know Gary's name I want to play for that guy so he's so intense you know going crazy yelling and all that I was like I love his passion so ever since I saw that game I knew what I was what I was gonna go you know a few weeks after Gary came to our uh, uh, weight uh, weight um, our weight room and he offered me a scholarship so I was like, I don't even know what you're saying because I don't speak any English. But I, <laughs> I want to go to your school. I want to I wanna play for you. And I never took any visit. I never went and visited any school. I knew I was going to go to Maryland, and I didn't want to go anywhere else. You talked a lot about loyalty, and you said Coach Williams is one of the most loyal per people you've ever met, and that's one of the things you live your life by. Is there any story that sort of encapsulates that loyalty that he has for you and that you have for him while you were at Maryland? Well, I mean, I can tell you a, a, a good story I never say before, I never tell before. <laughs> I didn't remember when I told people that a dude that can't run indoor, it was my house. That was kind of bad, you know. I shouldn't say it at that time. <laughs> Maryland fans like that. Fans love yeah, that. but but it was kind of like you know we got beat by thirty that day, and then and then we come back to Maryland. He was so mad, so angry. But the next day he was like, you know, I love you, and I always got you back. But no, no, don't do it again, please. So you know that 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 shows how loyal and even though when you do something wrong, he still was there in your corner, and he always supported me. And you know, and 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 being in the NBA, part of that career is obviously Gary. You know, everything he's done, everything, everything that I went through in college, and how he got me ready to play at the highest level. 
You speak about that Maryland-Duke rivalry, one of my favorite games of all time, 2010, Duke-Maryland at the Comcast Center at the time. You guys, it's a back-and-forth game. You guys beat them down the stretch. What do you remember from that game going up against those guys, John Shire, Singler, all those guys? Our fans. We got the greatest fans in college basketball. Um, I mean, that's why I'm here, you know. Uh, I, I see myself here. Um, I see a future for me here in the school. I don't know where and how, but... Um, what what really inspired me is the loyalty that that our fans gave us throughout the tough times, and that game was our fans deserved that game. You guys, everybody that was involved deserved that type of game. That was the one of the greatest ending of a of a college season for any school in the in the basketball history. I mean, I I felt like it was it was it was a, it was a movie, you know, and. Uh, it was, it was great. I'm so thankful that everything went like that. Because, you know, remember, my junior year, I almost leave. I almost left. Yeah, 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 yeah. I almost left to, to the NBA, and I came back. And all of a sudden, that that senior year was was so smooth. was unbelievable, man. And, and that game, I remember when I hit that shot, it was not because I was good at that moment. It's just because all the hard work that we put in throughout the whole season, even the all, during the off season. So that was an unbelievable day, man. That was, uh, that was one of those games I will never forget. And you're one of the guys, I think, in recent college basketball memory of any player that really fed off the crowd. I mean, you took the crowd on the entire journey with you. Was that something you prided yourself on, just getting everyone involved? In it was almost a party was, atmosphere for you when you were on the That was my court. signature. That was, that, was my, that was my motto. You know, that was like what inspired me. I wanted to play. I wanted people to, I wanted people to, to say some, something to me. I wanted, I wanted people to, whether it was good or bad. You know, I was in I was in Virginia Tech. I got 41 points. I remember that day. Um, they were calling me Mexican and all this, you know. Yeah. And I was I got really upset. The USA chant. And the yeah. USA chant. Yeah, so USA chant. Yeah. I really got upset, and I gave it to them. You know what I mean? We we won that game. I remember Gary saying after the game, Gary was like, "That was one of the best games I ever coached." ever since I went to the Final Four. So that meant so much to me yeah. because that wasn't the Final Four, but that was a, an important game for us during, this, during, the, during the season. So, and we beat them at VTED, which was tough, a tough play to, to play at. So uh, those memories, man, those memories were great. It, um, one, one thing I'm interested in your in your pro career, obviously you had a great seven-year pro career and you're, and you're looking to come back right now, but on draft night, you went to the draft yourself and you dapped up David Stern. You just went up on stage and I hugged what him. was that? We hugged him. What was that like? What, did you just sort of just like make your way up there? What, what were you thinking? Yeah, that? I wasn't trying to act cool. Yeah. Any NBA, any any college player that dreams to be in the NBA, he dreams about that moment. And you you're thinking in your head, what 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 are you trying to do? You work so hard for what? To you know to shake it? No, I wanted to hug you. I wanted to tell you like thank you. You know, I, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. And, and and that's another great example of like the the dreams I the dreams actually come true. So if you work hard, if you do the right thing when nobody's watching, I didn't waste any time in college. I wanted to be great, and, and you know because of that, I, I'm really thankful where I'm at right now. And then last question, Gravis, and and you can get us out on this. You know, obviously you're attempting to come back into the NBA. You know, as you go through and also doing some charity work. So just take us through that your your comeback, and then also what you've been doing in the community well, you in know, Venezuela and the U.S. I, I, I learned how to give back. I think I, I got to be thankful for you know all the support. Uh, a few weeks ago, I did my my fourth annual uh, book back giveaway here in College Park. 
I work with the Hispanic community, the the Latino community, also the, the African American community. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously, you guys know I'm from another country. Uh, I really do a lot of social work back in Venezuela. I got my foundation in both countries, in Venezuela and the U.S. And I, and I try to uh, synchronize both uh, foundations so I can work together and bring kids from this from Venezuela to the state so they can have scholarships and they can have the same opportunity as I did. Uh, and we emphasize the academics with sports is really important. Obviously in the state we had the infrastructure, schools, NCAA, back in Venezuela, a third world country, it's, it's, a, little, it's, a, it's a lot tougher. So we, we, we actually have to collaborate and work together. I really want to help, not, not only in Venezuela, I want to help in South America. It's a lot of kids that are dreaming to come to the states and play in high school, play in college, and have an opportunity to, to be in the NBA. And we all know the game of basketball is a global game. So it's becoming it's, it's becoming bigger and bigger. So uh, I just want to, you know, I just want to do my part. And, and, and giving back is, is such a great thing. Well, Gravis, you've given Maryland fans ton to cheer about when you were here and now made us proud in the NBA. And now with all of the work that you're doing, we really appreciate you giving us a couple of minutes here. And good luck on the comeback and all the things you're doing to help kids in basketball. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thanks, Thank man. you. Thank you. Hey Terp fans, this is Brian Six from the Terrapin Club here to tell you basketball season is right around the corner. Join the Maryland basketball program for an exciting home schedule featuring premier matchups against the nation's best. Visit umterps.com or call 1-800-AMATERP to purchase your tickets today. We're back here on Hear the Turtle with Maryland safety Josh Woods. Josh, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. No problem, no problem. Thanks for having me. First of all, we got to talk about homecoming this weekend. Obviously, you know, a lot of people come back to Maryland. For you, it's awesome to have a lot of the recently graduated football players here get to perform in front of them. What's it like to play in front of all the fans that come back for homecoming and all the former players too? And you got the sick throwback uniform. It's kind of a cool day. Yeah, it's going to be a cool day. Um, you know, getting uh, the throwback unis on. Uh, try, just joining that tradition. Uh, like you said, the recent grads coming back, kind of showing them uh, what we've been doing since they've been gone. Uh, and then the fans, you always want to put a good show on for the fans. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for Saturday. Now you're coming off a good game, had an interception against Wisconsin, obviously in a loss. And we talked to Antoine Brooks earlier on the podcast a couple weeks ago about the jungle. Mm -hmm. and the defensive backs, the secondary is the jungle. And you guys have really been opportunistic this year, you know, more picks than last year. What's it been like in the improvement that you've seen through the secondary, not only yourself, but all the different guys? Uh, a lot of guys are buying in, uh, buying into the jungle, um, getting closer. You know, with the new staff and uh, a lot of young guys coming in, it's really hard to force the bond. You know, it kind of just has to happen. And, you know, over time, over adverse situations, uh, just training together, living together, uh, going out together, uh, you know, those bonds, they, they just they naturally form. Um, and I think they come through on the field, too. Uh, this Just the chemistry with the DBs, I, sometimes I don't even have to look at Savage and tell him what I'm about to do or <laughs> uh, vice versa or Antoine. I mean... He's he's a younger guy, new 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 to the position, but um, like he's he's very very just natural at what he does. The corners, I mean, I just have to give him like a small signal. Like we're just all the chemistry is just there, um, and when that happens, plays just start to come. If everybody knows what they're doing, the ball's just gonna come to you. Uh, we have a saying where we just don't don't do too much. Like just just do your job, and the plays will come. And so that's what's been going on, really. 
interceptions, like we mentioned, all of those coming from secondary players and coming in, in big spots. And you, you touched on some of that stuff already. But I mean, from from year one to year two in this defensive scheme, what do you think ha has been the biggest change to create those turnovers? Um, I can't really pinpoint it. I mean, you know, they say football is the ultimate team sport. Um, the if the D-line doesn't get a good rush, then the quarterback's not hurried to throw a bad ball. Or, um, you know, if the if the uh, linebackers, you know, aren't plugging their gaps, then, you know, safeties can't. You know, you know, like it's just it's it's just all one big puzzle. I, like that's at least that's how I see football is just a big puzzle. Um, but the more the guys know about the scheme, um, I feel like that's the better the better that you know, they can do their job. If, if I know what the person to the right and the left of me is doing, I know what I have to do. Um, so, and I don't want my piece of the puzzle to be the weak link. So everybody's doing their job um, and we're coming up with some picks. It seems like on a personal level, you've really come into your own this season. And one of the reasons that, that me and Keith kind of saw that is you seem to be the one who's in every single celebration video we see. Like you seem like you're having a lot of fun on the field at all times. Even like when the when a running back gets tackled like near the line of scrimmage, you're like that last guy to jump on the pile. Like you just want to be involved. Did you have a, a mentality sort of going into the year where you were like, okay, this is my last season here. I want to make my mark and just I've started to play loose because it seems like that's come out in your play on the field and even off the field, you're out talking to the media and you really seem to enjoying every part of it. Is that something you've you know started to focus on? Most definitely. Um, I, I, I touch on it a lot. Um, I kind of had um, a, little, a little moment last year where I was kind of upset about both Will and Denzel going down, um, but it, it also was kind of like an aha moment, you know, like uh, this could be taken at any moment. And I really wasn't, you know, buying all the way into it. Um, so I, I made I made a choice that this, this offseason, so at the end of the spring to the summer through fall camp, I was just going to, you know, make the most out of it, go as hard as I could. And it ended up, you know, just becoming habit. Um, became fun, started to enjoy it. And like you said, it's coming out in the field. Like if the stadium's playing music, I mean, you can see I'm on the field dancing before I play. Like, <laughs> what we saw in Wisconsin, it looked like you were jumping around a little bit during that jump around. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I haven't been to Camp Randall since my freshman year. And I tell people all the time, like, that was probably one of the coolest things I've yeah. ever seen, the jump around thing. A good tradition's so, a good tradition. Right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, so when it came on, a lot of the guys, it was their first time seeing it. So I was just like, this is it. This is, what, this is it right here. This is what I was talking about. But uh, it's, a, it, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously, like, making plays is fun, too. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool, especially when it's, like, at home. And I know my mom's here, and they, they say my name on the, on the loudspeaker. And I, I just know she's going crazy. She tells me every time. She's like, I love them. I just love to hear your name on the thing. So I just try to make as many plays so she can hear that. Uh, you know, piggybacking off that, you know, DJ Durkin a few weeks ago in, in his weekly presser had mentioned you're one of the most improved guys on the team, you know, for, from last year to this year that he's seen. I mean, what's it like to get that recognition, you know, from your head coach? Um, it means a lot. It means a lot. Um, at the end of every at the end of every spring, they kind of give you a um, kind of a I, I was I guess I should say a synopsis or an, an analysis of how they feel where you are. Um, and mine wasn't where I wanted it to be, you know? So I kind of took that as like a, 
a slap in the face almost. You know, sometimes you just got to take certain things personal. If you want to change, you got to go out and be the change, you know. So it wasn't what I wanted. So, I mean, I, I don't think I spoke to anybody but, like, the strength coaches. Like, when I saw them in the building, like, I wouldn't even – like, I would just – Kind of, it was almost like a meme mug, you know. It was I put like it was a chip on my shoulder, um, but it was because it wasn't anything like against them personally. But I didn't like what they had to say, and I knew the only way I was going to be able to change it was to change my style of play, change what I was doing on the field. And luckily, it's paying off, and I'm glad that they're seeing it as well. Now you talk about your mom reacting to you in the stands, and you're a local guy, obviously. Um, they came down here to play. It, what do you sort of say to guys, and you, you, I'm sure you talk to recruits that come in here and, and the guys that have come in after you, what it's like to be a local guy to stay home and play here and get that feeling where your mom is in the stands in every game. You can make plays with your family and friends in the stands. How cool is that for you, especially coming into homecoming it's, where that sort of all comes around? It's almost like it's almost like high school almost. Like where, <laughs> like I, I'll be able to, like I, I remember uh, Northwestern, I made like a third down stop or something. And I come to the sideline, and my mom has, like, this blonde, almost fro. So, like, you can't miss her. <laughs> you can't miss her. Like, you know, at least the region in which she's sitting, and then you look, like, maybe for five seconds longer, and you find her. And she's just standing up, and she's going crazy. It's almost, it's, it was like high school almost. You know, like, the crowd's obviously not as big in high school. But it's the same feeling, you know. Um, friends hit me up all the time, like, yeah, I'm trying to come down to a game. Like, it's just – it's so much it makes it that much more fun you know when people you know that are like rooting for you because they know you you know uh are at the games kind of like um i don't know it's just it's different i know one of my friends eric burrell he plays at wisconsin uh his dad his dad flew out there it was like his birthday weekend it was their homecoming weekend last weekend but he told me he was just like it's not the same you know just just being out there on the field with a lot of people who like you don't know you don't recognize like grant i don't see my mom every single week in the stands <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's I don't a know. Lot middle school, fun. high school, college—you can always find mom. In yeah, the no, you I can definitely. No, you can definitely find mom. Middle school and high school, and especially my mom. She was definitely the loudest one. I remember I scored my first pee wee touchdown. She was running down the sideline next to me. <laughs> so I can always find my mom. But no, it's it's definitely a lot. It's a lot of fun to stay home. I will say that it's a lot of fun. And then if anything bad happens or you need to run home for something, you forgot something, you know, I, I order stuff off Amazon to my house all the time by mistake because I don't change the address. I don't change the address. <laughs> but it's like, okay, it's not like I have to wait for somebody to like ship it to me or something. It's 35 minutes up, 95. So it's a lot. Like I like being home. Amazon Prime, probably the greatest invention of our, our time, I would yes, say. Yes, I would say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> getting, a lot of, very, getting a lot of things Very convenient. In. I, I mean, this, obviously, it's one game at a time. You know, that, that's how you guys take it. But it's your senior season. It's starting to wind down a little bit in the regular season, at least. Has it hit you yet that, hey, this is the last go around? No. I don't think, I don't think it will until it's all over. Um, I don't think it will. Uh, right now, I'm just, I'm just kind of just trying to enjoy it. Uh, we touched on it a little bit in the hotel last Friday. You know, just this is one of the last times like this group will be together like ever. Like the team, like the majority of teams young, obviously, but this team right here, like next year's team is going to be a whole different team. It's going to be different leaders, different feel, different whatever, different goals. Like, so I mean, it, it's it's some guys are starting to talk about it. So it's making me talk about it a little bit or think about it a little bit. But honestly, no, I don't think it's going to hit me until it's actually all over. Like, 
when like the season's over and I don't have to wake up for film or I don't have to go lift the next I don't know just yeah. is I don't know Maybe when when it gets here I'll I'll cross that bridge but right now I'm I'm just excited I'm ready to keep playing and finish the season strong so I have two sort of style questions for you because right now you've got probably the flyest shoes in the history of here at the Turtle Podcast. People can't see them, but they're absolutely absolute flames, regardless of the brand. But I have to ask you, you're a big crop top under the jersey guy, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Is that something you've done your whole career? No, no. It's something I started in camp. Uh, I was kind of failing myself. with. I was. Uh, I put on some weight. I was like probably – I was practicing around like 208, 209. Mm. Kind of felt – I saw um, – it saw like some Matt Elam film or something like that, and uh, guys had done it, and they looked yeah. huge when they did it. So, you know, I have you're like, feeling yourself a little bit, and you're like, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. You know, I have like my, I have my ribs tatted. So I, and it was hot too. So yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, I blamed it on being hot, it yeah. being hot outside. But honestly, it was kind of a mental thing. It made me feel kind of like a savage out there. Not. Darnell, don't get excited. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it kind of made me feel like a savage out there. You know, that's uh, Coach Raheem walked up to me one time in camp during stretch and goes, uh, this is what a safety's supposed to look like. Tats busting out, like, <laughs> shirt rolled up. So um, I don't know. It's kind of – it all goes back to, like, the mind game, you know, kind of psyching yourself out. Um, but I definitely – I don't know. I think – the games that I've played the best, at least in like my eyes, I think I've had it rolled up. So I don't know. There you go. You might have to keep it there rolling. You, you might keep have to going. keep it rolled up. The know? other question I have is, you, and you have a lot of tats. You talk about the tats. What do those tats mean the most? You, you you know, you have some like ones that signal home, Baltimore stuff. What is sort of your favorite one? I think that you've had. Um, right now, my favorite one I think is the joke, the new Joker I got on my. Oh, other I feel like leg. a lot of guys on the team have a joke. I think Lorenzo Harrison might have one. Is that yeah. like a what's the the kind of story? Oh, the Dark Knights. All right. Well, Shrek's my all time favorite movie. Okay, let's let's. <laughs> Good choice. Shrek's Solid my all time favorite movie. Yep, okay, great movie. But in the adult world, okay, now that you know I'm 21 and I don't yeah. think I can really say Shrek's my favorite movie, so I'm going to have to go with You the can Dark definitely Knight. say it to us. No one's listening. So <laughs> <laughs> no, The Dark Knight's my favorite movie. Um, the, the Heath Ledger version of the Joker was kind of just, it was, it was revolutionary. Unseen, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, me, it, it, Batman's always been my favorite comic book character, whatever. Um, so in that aspect, it really has no like meaning to my life other than like I just love the Joker. And yeah. then the the artist that I went to, he does a lot of like really good realism work. So it just kind of looks dope. And it's it's my newest <laughs> one. So I'm I'm definitely most obsessed with that one right now. There you go. The Joker. Keith, when's your Joker tag coming? Um maybe the summer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when, when I get the, the tan going a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll end you on a little bit of rapid fire. First of all, we ask this question to everybody. Okay. Your bucket list sporting event to attend outside of football. Although I guess it could be a football one because you haven't been to everything with football. I want to go to the Olympics. Okay, we've that's heard a, that a, a lot. That's a popular answer. Yeah. I want to go to the Olympics. A uh, lot of different people to see. A lot of different events to see. Uh, I used to run track in high school, so that would be okay. cool to see. Um, so, yeah, the Olympics. Uh, athletes you like to watch outside of football, maybe in the pros. You know what? Uh, what sports? What type of athletes you like to to watch? Uh, two sides of the ball. So offensive side of the ball right now is Julio Jones, without a doubt. Mm. Um, defensive side of the ball, Cam Chancellor. He just mm. he's just nasty. He's just yeah. he's talking huge. about savage. Yeah, that guy. He's, yeah, he's huge. He's just very aggressive. Like I I like watching those two guys. Did you see the catch Julio had? Yeah, where he night? ripped it out of yeah. Malcolm Butler's hands. Yeah. yeah. In the, was, in the fog, yeah. he's pretty unbelievable. 
Um, your favorite place to eat in College Park. And people continue to say Chipotle, so we're going to say besides Chipotle. I wasn't going to go with Chipotle anyway. Mm, okay. okay, there we go. Um, Fantastic. Favorite place to eat in College Park? I eat a lot of different places because I get bored pretty easily. <laughs> Gotta mix it I up. think I might have to go with Buffalo Wild Oh, no, no. No, no, not Buffalo Wild Wings. America's Best Wings and then Buffalo Wild Wings. So okay. America's Best Big Wings. Big wing guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, they have this special that puts me to sleep every time. Okay. <laughs> every time Every time I eat a huge meal, I go straight to sleep. So they have this cheesesteak and wing combo. So Ooh. good. Yeah, it's pretty okay. good. Okay, go. check that out. Uh, next, we got, we, we've known, we've seen some some locker room celebrations, some dance parties going on in, in the locker room after big wins. Mm-hmm. Who's the best dancer on the team besides yourself? Well, besides me. <laughs> this makes it easy if it's besides me. But, uh, no, okay, so the best dancer or the funniest dancer? Give me both. How about both? Okay, so the best dancer would definitely have to be uh, probably one of the twins. The one, mm. one of the yeah. Daniels twins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, funniest dancer, Antoine Brooks, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Instead of like dancing, like doing like a, a normal dance or something, he kind of just acts out the song as it as it's happening. He acts out the lyrics, <laughs> so it's 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 pretty funny to watch. Um, but it looks cool too. So. Uh, I, I, I think I have to give it to Antoine over anybody else. There you go. And then lastly, sort of related to that, best locker room DJ. Who who sort of knows how to get the get the guys hyped up? Um, as, you gotta as have a, a player? Good, you gotta as have, a player. Yeah, as a player. You got to have a good feel for that. Jermaine. Jermaine, okay. Jermaine Carter. Uh, I don't know. He, he has a, you know, with music, a lot of times you tend to forget old music or – Jermaine's that guy who kind of brings back like the best songs from every year, kind of. <laughs> um, but he but he plays a lot of the current songs as well, a lot of local songs. Jermaine's probably the best DJ we have, or or Damien. Damien's pretty okay. good too. I, I may need a Jermaine Carter Spotify playlist. Yeah, in, Jermaine. In Jermaine's future. pretty okay. good. Damien's pretty good. Jermaine, a leader on and off the field. Josh, really appreciate you giving us some of your time. You've had a breakthrough year. We've really enjoyed watching you, and glad Thank you're having you. a Thank great you. senior season. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks. I'll tell you what, man, that made me hungry talking to Josh Woods about wings. I, there's so many good different kinds of wings. I'm a big, are you a big wing guy? I love Huge wing guy. Okay, what's your Huge favorite flavor? Guy. Well, I'm, see, the thing is, I'm not that creative on the flavor. I'm just a fan of a good, solid buffalo wing. Maybe mm. a little more spice than the normal person. Maybe the hot wing. Okay. Shout out to Bruges Cask in Fed Hill. Okay. Great wings. That's the free advertising I'm going to give Keith on this, <laughs> as we talk wings. Fantastic, juicy wings. Great, hot flavor with buffalo and then it's it's blue cheese every time it's blue, blue cheese, blue cheese. I mean, I'm, I'm a blue cheese guy as well so I what's your favorite uh there's a, a place from my hometown cr wings that makes one called gold fever and your hometown is bel air maryland there you go uh half medium half honey barbecue sauce Ooh. it's uh it's fantastic i had and last night blue cheese and blue cheese blue cheese these ranch people <laughs> get not not here. for me yeah we're going to start a battle with the ranch people but besides the wings, and, and wings, hopefully you can eat some good wings if you're watching the Maryland football game on TV this week. But looking back to last weekend, what was the best thing you saw from the weekend, Maryland athletics-wise? This may be the best thing I heard, but I was in the room uh, for Coach Aird's press conference after his game against Michigan State, and he dropped this quote on us. The timeline isn't what we want. It's not what the players want. It's not what the fans or the boosters want. It's not a microwavable thing. It's baking, and baking takes a while. Microwaves are cool. 
everyone in life wants this instant, hey, we're a Final Four team. We're just not. We've got a lot of good young kids and are going to be really, really good in time. And I'm trying to build them up more than beat them up. And uh, I tell you, that's just how it's done, man. The guy just dropped one-liners left and right. Yeah, he's a great quote. We had him on this podcast and obviously had many great quotes on that one as well. He could drop one line. Even when you're just in regular conversation with oh, him, yeah. the guy's a pretty funny guy. The best thing I saw this weekend is actually two-pronged. It's two pro-Terps situations. Okay. First, Yannick Ngakwe continues to lead Saxonville to sacks on sacks on sacks. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the best defense in the NFL, and oh, our yeah. guy, Yannick, is one of the main reasons why. Two and a half sacks this weekend. He continues to be absolutely fantastic. The other one is um, our local friends, D.C. United, closed RFK Stadium. Tearful moments for our colleague Sean Ellenby, a big D.C. United guy. But I think it harkens back to, and, and it was something I actually put on our, our Maryland soccer channels, is the amount of t- Maryland Terps that have played at RFK mm. Stadium, not only you know in the NFL, but in MLS, and it just shows how good the Maryland men's soccer program has been in producing pro players. I mean, we were able to find just even more players than I put up that have played for DC United. So I thought that was very cool. I thought a shout out to DC United for how you know they honored that stadium and everything. That really is a you know temple in terms of DC sports, and really in soccer, they call it the capital of American soccer. But so many legendary games have been played there. So a very very cool job by them this weekend. But a new home on the way. For a them new as home, well. Audi Field, which which will be another really great add in terms of sports venues locally. I know a lot of Maryland fans cross over to the other um, DC and Baltimore sports, and it's really great for all the teams to have awesome venues. Obviously, um, both both Baltimore teams do, and Nats Park is a jewel. FedEx Field, eh? It's okay. Well, Maryland will be there next year. Maryland will be there against Texas. Against Texas next year. So get ready for some FedEx field next year. Uh, But it should be cool. But that'll wrap up our episode for this week. Another great episode. Ten in the books, Keith. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. They let us back on the air week after week. They do. And this has been, you know, know, to say this has been a really fun thing. And and we were talking about after the two interviews we did this week. Very cool to talk to both those guys. And it's really what we envisioned for this podcast, just exposing everyone to the personalities that makes Maryland Athletics ticks past present and future you know the drill tell a friend subscribe leave us a five-star review yes absolutely um and also follow us on our social media channels at hear the turtle on twitter at hear the turtle on instagram sneds 311 for keith taylor smith 10 for me and until next time we'll see you go terps